Hello and welcome to the Big Queer Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Joshua. Today, I'm interviewing Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, I'm really excited, so I'm going to pass it straight over to him to introduce himself. Well, hello. Thank you for having me. My name is Speedball Mike Bailey. Uh, I've been wrestling professionally for about... I say wrestling professionally. That means professional wrestling. It doesn't mean as a profession, because it wasn't always a profession. But I've been a pro wrestler for like 15 years. Um, I've wrestled in many, many countries over the last several years, including I spent a lot of time in the United Kingdom and wrestled in Japan quite a lot, as well as Canada, the U.S., some Mexico, and other assorted countries here and there. But uh, yeah, that's who I am. All over the place, which is really cool. I know you come over to the U.K. quite a lot, um, which is a big part of the reason I wanted you on the podcast. So I normally ask for sort of like people's experiences in wrestling, which I'm going to ask you the same, but I want to split it up a little bit because I want to ask your favourite experiences in the UK and then favourite experiences sort of everywhere else. So during your time when you come over to the UK, what, what matches have stuck in your head? What experiences have you enjoyed? So there's been a while, there's been a lot, like I've been, I've been coming to the UK for a very long time. Um, I would have said that my, my first ever match in the UK was versus uh, Big Demo who, who, yeah, for a uh, ref pro at York Hall, whose WWE name I cannot remember for now. Killian Dane, I think. Yeah. Right? That was the first one that kind of broke the ice, so that was a, that always has a, a fun... Uh, that always had a good place in my heart. Um, I've had a lot of fun matches. The most fun I have wrestling ever and the most the, the most fun I have in matches is teaming with my partner Veda Scott and uh, we've had uh, lots of tag team par- matches in the UK together as well as just touring together in fact like a big part of the reason I started coming to the UK so much is because they live in the US and I live in Canada and I can't travel to the US so in order for our relationship to work we decided to spend a lot of time wrestling together in the UK. Um, so it's been a blessing to be able to do that, but the tag matches that we have are always the most fun, very often the most ridiculous. Uh, what comes to mind is a match that we had at Riptide versus Club Tropicana, where we decided to just spend 20 minutes ha- doing the craziest things possible and just made it an out- outright, just crazy, fun, insane match that had like hot dogs and spots on the balcony and paddles being broken and just fun just the most fun the best bit about wrestling when you can just sort of go with it and have a laugh i think it makes it the most fun and if you get to do that with a partner like that's even better my partner completely avoids it (laughs) at all costs (laughs) um that's unfortunate but so wrestling is fun when it's easy and the fact that veda and i like have very much the same the same mindset we both help each other out a lot. So anytime I'm at a show and and she's there or she's at a show and I'm there, like just the fact that we're able to talk to each other just makes everything so much easier. So when we're part of the same match together, then like telling complex stories within the match becomes just that much easier because we're feeding off each other. Yeah. So it allows us to just push the boundaries. I suppose you've already got the chemistry because you've already got right. the relationship. So right. it must work a lot easier. I, I have actually met um, uh, Vader. I met her at Full Force Wrestling. Uh, uh-huh. In we, I think we picked her up in Coventry. Yes. 
I don't know if she'll remember me, um, but I remember meeting her and she's a very nice lady. Um, haven't had the opportunity to meet you face to face yet, but hopefully with vaccinations and everything going well, one day I'll get to. Uh, you actually wrestled uh, one of my friends, Hotshot Joey Scott. Yes. Um, and I've recorded with him as well, and he's got nothing but amazing things to say about you. Everyone's got nothing but amazing things to say about you. So I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to get him on my podcast. And now I have. And like, obviously, you're over here a lot, and you got to explain why. And it was a nice little meet in the middle for uh, you and your partner. Um, so, outside of the UK, what experiences have stood out? Because you've wrestled in Japan and Canada, and what what other things have been like just big things for you? So, Japan was really probably where I learned the most about the art of professional wrestling. Um, just because of how, like, the culture around wrestling in Japan is very unique. They take it extremely seriously. But moreover, like, if there's a good way to explain Japanese wrestling is how it works by promotion. There are, there's indie wrestling in Japan, but most of the wrestlers, like, start with a promotion. And then they stay with the promotion for possibly even their whole career. Something that's uh, a good way to explain it is my, my tag team partner, Mao, uh, with whom I am the Moonlight Express, who came over to the UK last year and did a little tour there. Um, he was always, it's, it, people were always shocked to ask him, like, oh, Mao, would you like to go to NXT or WWE one day or New Japan or something bigger, somewhere bigger, than, bigger in quotes, than DDT, yeah. which is the promotion for which I've wrestled. And he would always say, no, I want to I wanna stay with DDT. Because he really, he started with DDT, they trained him, like, for free, and then they housed him for a while, and then he's had a job with them ever since he's been able to wrestle. And so that aspect, the way that reflects upon the style of wrestling, is yeah. that everyone becomes so much more familiar with every other roster member's wrestling. Yeah. Right? So a big experience for me was my first match ever in DDT. And doing it and then seeing everyone, like just ev everyone from the locker room just gathered up watching my match and then paying attention to what I'm doing. And then the next day, everyone knew all my stuff. Everyone knew my comeback. Everyone knew all the moves I did just because they'd seen the one match and they're like, okay, this guy's in DDT now, so we're going to have to learn what he does and really how seriously they took that and how much they paid attention and how much easier and better that made wrestling going forwards because everyone sort of knew each other so well. And yeah. then all that reflects into the importance of, like, in Japan, of, like, having your comeback and having your moveset and having, you know, your style and how that reflects to the matches was one of the biggest experiences. But, yeah, um, and it's amazing as well because you say how, like, um, like, they treat it very seriously and it's all proper. And you see DDT and it's it looks like a lot of fun as well because they, they, they will go completely mental uh, but they'll also do the really proper wrestling and like so the wildest stuff is the things that they take the most seriously oh right <laughs> the the uh an hour 45 minutes of like wrestling in a in a camping grounds where they'll have kayaks and fireworks and a murder mystery halfway in a car crash and all of that they take that stuff really seriously and there's a lot of work that goes behind, like the scripting and the making of that and making sure that 
everything is as as good as it can be. We they know they have an opportunity to make something unique, so they work really hard at it. A lot of places, like I think, comedy wrestling is done wrong when people are just like, ah, it'll be funny, so we get to be lazy and wing it. Where yeah. in reality, it should be the opposite, and it should be this could be really funny, so we better make it as good as possible in order to not look ridiculous. Yeah, it's got to be done properly to make it sort of not acceptable because I don't think that's the right term but if you're going to go for it you go for it like otherwise what's the point if it's yes there's a difference so, between laughs and cheap giggles right the way it's been explained to me is that like comedy wrestling is very vulnerable like when you're doing wrestling when you're doing just brain busters and super kicks and destroyers like you sort of know that's going to work it's wrestling it's been done it's but comedy wrestling sort of has to be unique just a little bit more yeah. it has to be like it has to be yours it really has to come from the heart so when something that is funny to you falls flat and doesn't get the right reaction from the audience then that's a very like that that can be very hurtful yeah it can be a terrifying moment of just sort of standing there and being like mm-hmm. oh god this didn't work um no, I really enjoy DDT. I haven't seen lots of it because it's quite difficult to get hold of. Um, but I, the bits I've seen, like uh, the the giant panda and just some of the some of the short videos that pop up on Facebook or Twitter, are like yes. spots in rumbles or like you said, the kayaks and in the middle of forests and it's amazing. It looks like so much fun. Um, it, so it absolutely is. And one thing. Like, one other place that I think DDT really stands out is, like, those... Most Japanese promotions have, like, yearly, long, six-hour, like, shows in, in Sumo Hall or whatever big venue there is. And I think DDT's big shows really stand out because there's so much variety on them. Yeah. There's always going to be, like, an like the main event is always going to be an excellent, absolutely world-class wrestling match, as good as you will find anywhere else, if not better... But then the match before that is a uh, over 40 years old weapons rumble. And then before that, you have a really sick tag title match. And then you have an anal explosion death match. And then it all just... so Lots of variety in between there. And that's what makes the shows really exciting. Going back to that match you just mentioned, I told my friends that you had agreed uh, to come and speak to me. And the first thing my friend did uh, was send me a, a message going... Oh, you do. You know, he was part of an anal explosion match, um, yes. and my friend's got it on I, I DVD. Lose, thankfully, my friend has it on DVD, and he messaged me about half an hour later, and he went, "He won, so you should bring that up in the podcast." And you beat me to it. So that's I just. I love silliness in wrestling. I think it's half the fun of it. So I really appreciate DDT and the idea that you did that kind of match, and the idea that they take it so seriously as well. Like it's yes. done properly. I love that so much. So going back to that, because you said they do the the really big proper matches, they do the silly stuff. You've done things like that. So match wise, like is that one that stands out? Like when people go list your top five, do you go to the ones where you do all the work rate stuff, or do you go to the one where you can turn around to people and go, "I was in there, uh, an anal explosion match," like. No, I, I, so my, my favorite matches tend to be the one where, like, they were the most work, but also the most rewarding. Yeah. Right, like, if I, if I, this match, 
I like it was a six-way tag or whatever, so I didn't have to put that much effort into it. So it doesn't stick stick out in my memory. One of my favorite matches from DDT was a when Mao and I had been in the Moonlight Express for just about a year. We had a singles match at Korakuen Hall as part of the King of DDT tournament. Yeah. So I think it was semifinals and we were facing each other, and we decided to like. He and I have the same mindset in that we want to have the craziest matches possible and that, like, always what we want is to do something unique and memorable. So we, like, worked on the match for a very long time before it happened. And, like, most of the stuff that we did in the match was, like, brand new and we had practiced it. And, like, it was stuff that was unique to he and I that only we could do together and would trust each other to do. So the match was really especially crazy, but, like, very good and a lot of fun and different from most of the matches I've ever had. And, like... Structure-wise, we even just played with it because we had a lot of time to like, work on it. And so we worked for days on that match before we actually did it. So it ended up being something like crazy and wild and different. And that really sticks out as one of my favorites just because it was so, like... It, it's one of those matches where it was easy to get really creative. Yeah. And that's what I really enjoy. It goes back to what you said a little bit earlier on about when you're working with a partner and yes. the chemistry is already there. If you've been tagging with someone for over a year, you've got the like the build of the friendship, the chemistry, the trust, and you can do that little thing that if it was someone else, you'd go, no, I'm, I'm not risking it, but this person you'll go, exactly. yeah, go on then, which is awesome. So outside of Japan, I'm going to bring you back to the UK again. Match-wise, what do you remember UK? I know you said um, Killian Dane uh, because it was your first match and it was... Yeah. The big one. Is there anything else that sticks in your head? Honestly, there's a ton. <laughs> um, yeah, it's so, not really a fair question, and but... No, no, it, it's fine. Um, so, honestly, when I think of the UK, like, it physically, it's very difficult. When I'm in, in Japan, DDT books their shows in, in, like, in order, right? Usually, on a three-day weekend, you'll have, like, one of your matches. If one of your matches is a singles match then one's going to be a tag and one's going to be like a, a comedy six-man tag, so you don't have to worry about yeah. it. But in the UK, I like I feel like there's a lot of pressure, but I, I like it, and I also mostly put it on myself because I feel that most of my matches, like the promotions that book me, they, like, they, they run maybe once a month, and I'm always... Like, in the UK, I will often do three like three main event matches in a row, like three 20-minute main event singles in a row. Yeah. Those are very difficult, but also the most rewarding. Yeah, so a lot and, of work, but... Yeah. And I've had so many of those, but like, I don't even want to name names because I know I'm going to forget so many, but like, uh, Karen War, Gene Money, Sean Custom... Uh, Nico Angelo, Walter, I had a fantastic match with. Uh, yeah, I'm already, I'm already feeling bad because I've forgotten so many. Zack Saber Jr. Uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of people Chris in the Ridgeway. UK. Like they won't yeah. be upset. Like you've wrestled a lot of people, it makes complete yeah. sense. Be Joey Scott that you mentioned earlier. Yeah, he has nothing but nice words to say about you, and as someone that knows Joey Scott very well, that is a a rare thing is a miserable human. So, so, <laughs> so to get nice words out of him is like... So the, the first match that we had was very much this feeling of like, we started talking, we sort of started putting things together and then I was like, okay, this guy gets like, we're on the same wavelength here so we can make something 
bigger and crazier, which we did in front of like 12 people, unfortunately. Yeah. But still a lot of fun, and we still like went out there and did did a lot for for 12 people. Yeah, when it fantastic. when it comes to Joey Scott, um, it doesn't matter if there's four people or 400, he will do the same like crazy thing he would do in front of 400 or 4,000 for four yes. people. Because he, he said to me once, he was like, they've still paid for tickets. It doesn't matter that there's less people here. So yes. I've got nothing but amazing things to say about him, which is why I brought him up to you. Because obviously I know you'd wrestled him and he's a good friend of mine. And he listed you in his favourite matches. So I thought, oh, I'll just bring it up and I just thought it'd be a nice little shout out to Joey. So, we've gone over, like, favourite matches and everything like that. I like to ask what people's influences are, if there was, like, a big one that you sort of look up to, because as well as wrestling, you're a black belt in taekwondo. That's right. Um, I was wondering if that had a... Yeah, my love of wrestling started way before I I started martial arts, honestly. But, like, it kind of came one after the other, around... I started watching wrestling when I was like seven years old and watched nothing but the F or E at the time. But eventually, when I had already just started martial arts, I, I started watching like a lot of indie wrestling, namely guys like uh, Loki and Amazing Red, AJ Styles and Matt Seidel that I saw. And I was really a lot more into what they did. Yeah. Right? I thought like that... I liked the smaller guys under me. I liked X-Pac. I liked the Hardy Boys. I liked guys that did a lot of, of cool, big stunts and and crazy things like that. And when I saw a wrestling that was really focused around that and the athletic ability way more than the, like, the storylines, the, that interested me a lot more. And then like that led me to see Japanese wrestling and then really be like... Uh, Dragon Gate in around that time I really really enjoyed and thought that was the best wrestling in the world it, it probably was their, their matches are still like their matches from that era are still something that really stand out yeah. but yeah see, seeing guys like that is what really like shaped my style of wrestling originally and of course I've seen like a lot of people throughout the years that I've modeled myself after but really these guys are like what? okay when I start wrestling I want to wrestle like these guys yeah it makes a lot of sense. And going back to the black belt, did you do that with the hopes it would help with the wrestling or was it just a happy coincidence? So I didn't I didn't seek out martial arts. It was sort of just I had a friend that was like, hey, I started doing Taekwondo. Would you like to come try out a class? And I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then when I started doing it, I, like, I did have the thought of, oh, this is going to be really good for me when I start professional wrestling that I'll have a Taekwondo background. And it certainly did. There was certainly a period of time where I was way more focused on the martial arts than the professional wrestling because professional wrestling wasn't working out at the time as much. I wasn't having that much success with it yet. So I was more focused on the martial arts, but eventually pro wrestling caught up. But yeah, it was definitely something that I wanted to use in my wrestling. Yeah. Nice. Um, I'm going to go off tangent a little bit. You said about you can't enter the USA. I remember reading about when it happened. When are you able to enter the USA again? So I, I can now. You I, can now. However, need a work visa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, have you got any plans to go back into America to wrestle? That's a very hard question to answer. Once again, the work visa is the biggest, biggest hurdle. So in theory, you need someone to provide that. All so, right. Yeah, that is I'll, what I would be hoping I'll be honest, for. I'm not 100% sure how it all worked. So I just thought I'd be cheeky and ask. With COVID sort of hopefully on its way out and things getting easier and hopefully travel being allowed back, I want to say this year, but not getting hopes up. Within the next year, uh, are you looking forward to being able to come back over to the UK and Japan? And have you got anything sort of not set in stone, but anything you'd like to do when it's allowed? I I feel like I, I would like, and I'm ready right now, to just take my, my career to the next level and possibly sign one of those big money contracts. However, that being said, I, I was very happy doing what I was doing and traveling and going from Japan to the UK. And if like if that's what makes the most sense for me coming up, then I'll, I'll happily do that again. Uh, my long-term goal is to teach. So I've been teaching at a school here in Montreal whenever it's legal, which has been, you know, ups and downs going from classes to classes without contact to classes over Zoom, back to classes without without physical contact. We're still trying our best, but yeah, I love teaching. That's part of the long-term goal. That's something I'm hopeful that I will be able to do continuously, uh, even after things open up. But yes. I'm looking at all my options right now and trying to see what makes the most sense. I also think that we have no idea what the world is going to be like and what the world of, of wrestling specifically is going to be like in six months. So yeah, I'm that's trying very to true. just stay as ready as possible and not make any concrete plans, just be ready for anything that might yeah. come up. I think I can safely say that anyone listening to this would be quite happy if they read on one of the dirt sheets or Twitter that you had signed one of them big money contracts because everyone wants to see you wrestle. Like, I don't think I've ever heard a bad word about your wrestling or you as a person or anything. I think you're one of them people that everyone comes across and goes, he needs to hurry up and make it big. Like, we're all just waiting for it. Well, thank you. That means a lot. I, I wasn't joking earlier when I said I was a fanboy. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan and I know a lot of people that are, which is why I was so happy to... Uh, have you as a part of this and just talk about what you plan to do um so i was going to ask for plans after lockdown but we've sort of gone over that and how nothing's really set in stone which is completely and 100 percent true because everything is just so up in the air at the minute yes but i just want to say that i'm very excited excited to see how things work out when wrestling shows start happening on again on a regular basis I, I definitely know this to be true in Canada. I feel like it's going to be the same in the UK. But things are going to be very different. And a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of wrestlers are not going to come back at all from the, from the pandemic. They're not going to come back to wrestling, which is perfectly fair. If something, something else in your life has become more important than wrestling, then you should go with that. Um, a lot of wrestlers are also going to try to come back, have a very hard time, and then their career is going to go very differently. But I'm expecting a big, like, there's going to be a big shake-up, and I'm very excited to see who capitalizes on all the new opportunities that are going to come up. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a great time for the people that, like, are ready to work hard and we're, like, 
having good matches but not seen as big names before the pandemic to really take up on that and yeah, move I, their career along to where, I where it really agree. I'm I'm really hoping because people miss events in general, not just wrestling, just anything yes. as a thing. I'm hoping when things start to be announced and they start to be allowed again, that people will go, well, I didn't give this a go before, but maybe I'll enjoy it and we don't know if things are going to lock back down yes. again. So let's go give the wrestling show a chance. Let's go give this person a chance and hoping for a little bit of a boom so that we can all sort of... And it's going to be a completely different setup because there's people that have retired, that have left, that have signed, that have um, like been released from bigger companies that so that everything can go on different levels. Right. Um, I have a bunch of students that have been working really hard, like for the past year, and just stick stuck with the wrestling class. Like even with the on and off and the like, sticking with the Zoom classes when those were our only option, coming to train with no physical contact when they were our only option, and like these people have gotten even better over the last year. And, like, have gotten to a point where they, sh like, should have been wrestling a few months ago for most of them. Yeah. But still, they're not. Um, so, so it's a very unique opportunity for them to... Sorry? So they're raring to go. They're just sort of... Right. Yeah. So, with, like, a lot of wrestlers that are not going to be around, it's a great oppor opportunity for them when wrestling comes back that they're going to be, like, the playing field for people that are brand new and have been training in some capacity. It's going to be a lot more even for them, so I'm very exciting to see how, excited to see how that plays out. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, a really good opportunity for people. What's it like in Canada at the minute? Are you allowed... Is it Zoom training still? Well, gyms are open, but combat sports are not allowed. Right. So we're allowed individual training with masks and precautions and all that. Yeah. Uh, we haven't even got gyms open at the minute, so... <laughs> We're not allowed. Well, so it, it feels like it's going to close back down. Ontario is the next province over. I'm in Quebec. Ontario just went back into full lockdown with gyms closed and everything. Some regions of Quebec, not the one I'm in, thankfully, have just gone back into lockdown. Things have been getting better, and then they got a little worse, so they shut things back down. But let's hope that they keep getting better here so that we can... Yeah, I've got everything crossed for you because... It's, it's bad when things get closed, but it's bad when it's going sort of up and down. Yes. So you get the bit of hope, and then you lose it again, and then they bring it back. And we've had it a few times over here where it's been... We were allowed to go back training sort of last September. Then we yes. lost it again by the October. Then they sort of said we could, and then it was, no, full lockdown. And then we haven't been able to do anything since at least December. So... Yeah. But so it's been the same here around last... The end of last summer, I want to say, I was able to do like one set of tapings and then a, a normal show in front of say, 50 people and outside, but a normal show here in Canada and not long after that, it all went back into full lockdown. And then... Yeah, it gets our hopes up and as we're being wrestlers, we rely on it all being allowed. There's no, there's no get around because there's always some form of contact or... Right. right, and I've done a couple. I have done a couple of crowdless uh, matches, and it's not the same. Like I'm grateful to do them, but it's so different and such a weird feeling. So I I really hope that those stay around though. Like I feel like 
a lot of people have had to get better at, I don't know what we're calling it, but crowdless or studio wrestling. Um, I think that's very important because there's a lot of people that, there's a lot of, of wrestlers in places in the world that they can't really, like re where wrestling is not a thing in certain countries and like they can't get a crowd or they simply can't afford to, to run in a building. And I wish that just filming your matches in a studio and putting them online becomes a lot more of an option for people that don't have easy access to running like big shows or people that can't rely on big shows with a lot of popularity in order to yeah. get their stuff out there. So again, talking about e like making the playing field even, I think internationally, I hope that stays and I hope that becomes a thing because it's a lot more accessible, especially we might be still doing like studio wrestling for a while. Like there might be a long gap with we can do wrestling and we can fill out arenas. So yeah. I really hope that studio wrestling stays an option to keep the art of pro wrestling alive for a yeah. bit. But it, I think that's a good solution. I think that's something we should look into. Like wrestling as a whole should look into making that better and easier. Yeah, opening more doors, like making it mm. makes it more accessible for everyone. Yeah, it's just a difficult time at the minute and I think we all we're trying to make the yes. most of their situation that's so varied that it's so I can't even think of a good word to describe it so I'm going to try and move it on <laughs> so uh, you mentioned your trainees and how they're going to go and uh, everything like that could you name a few people that you think people should keep their eyes on when wrestling's back in whatever capacity it is so people you think people should give a YouTube search to or an Instagram search who you think don't get enough spotlight at the minute? Yeah, so I'm, I'm not really going to name uh, students because most of them are not fully on social media yet or you won't be able to find any of, them, of their matches. But um, one team that I has been getting a lot of, of love on my Twitch whenever I play their matches is Tabarnak the Team or TDT as they're called which they are the best tag team in, in Canada by far. They're great, just uh, big dudes who throw people around. Um, and I, I like, Canada is a weird place to wrestle because you're so close to the U.S., yet legally so far. <laughs> so that affects a lot of Canadian wrestlers, but I think uh, TDT are two guys who absolutely should be on on like television making millions of dollars their matches are like co consistently that good best tag team in Canada so I think if you go and, and put pull up TDT wrestling or Tabernacle the team if you know um, you'll find some matches that you'll really enjoy other than that uh, great Canadian names that come to mind that people could enjoy is uh, Black Dynamite is one of them as well as Channing Decker who just who recently did a big Japan tour um, oh, nice. wrestles a lot for Greek Town but those are all, all great Canadian names that are ready to go to the next level that you should check out. Uh, I've literally just been writing them down as you've said it because I really yes. want to look them up. I was going to ask UK-wise, but obviously you haven't had the opportunity to be over here in a while, so I don't think it would be very fair to ask you. It'd um, be pretty hard, yeah. Yeah, as it went through my head, I was like, well, he hasn't been able to come over in the past year. It's, it's not really fair. I've basically got through my list of questions for you and you've answered everything 
the last thing I ask people is where people can find you and your stuff, your merch, your matches, anything like that, so they can find you. Yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Speedball Bailey. I, I've been doing a lot of Twitch and having a lot of fun with that, watching wrestling on there and hanging out. That's twitch.tv slash speedballbailey. Um, but mostly, like the number one thing people can do if you want to help me out or give back in any sort of way is go on YouTube. I've got plenty of matches on there. Uh, all the fun ones come up. If you type my name, they're, they're all up there first. And if you like them, then please share them. Talk about them to your friends. Because again... This is how wrestling works, this is how it grows through social media, through you telling your friends that, wow, you found this really cool wrestler, or if you're not a fan of pro wrestling as a whole, that you enjoy pro wrestling and it's a lot of fun and telling your friends about it, and that is really the best thing you can do to help. Oh, I've also have a, I also have a few um, conversations that I filmed on my Twitch that I uploaded to my YouTube channel, so I'm, I'm Speedball Mike Bailey on YouTube, so if you're into the long form conversation I, I have some fun stuff on there that you should check out nice that's uh, everything listed off um, just wanted to say thank you again for coming on my podcast and getting back to me so quickly when I actually sent you the initial message thank you again thank you thank you for everyone that's listened to this hope you have a lovely day <laughs> <laughs>